0: Welcome into the Illini Inquirer podcast. Jeremy Warner, Illini Inquirer publisher here with you. And we have been missing Illinois basketball. Well, you get three helpings of Illini hoops during Thanksgiving week. The season tips off Wednesday against North Carolina A&T at 1 p.m. Followed with an 11 a.m. Thursday tip off against Chicago State now. And then a noon tip off Friday against Ohio. So let's get you ready for the most anticipated Illini basketball season since D Brown suited up for Illinois, and uh, this will basically serve as our season preview podcast, so let's welcome in our guy, Derek Piper, Illini lead basketball reporter. Derek, it's here. It's actually here. Um, What are your emotions as we record this on Monday, November
1: 23rd? Oh, man. Uh, Intense excitement, still kind of in disbelief that it's actually, uh, we're on the cusp of of a Feast Week, you know, three games and and getting this thing started and and, uh, really finding out what Atlanta basketball can achieve this year and what could be a a fun ride and potential special season. So uh, ready to get started, ready to cover the heck out of it and – man. We got a lot of basketball coming in in a hurry.
0: Yeah. And, and Derek's pumping out a lot of content, season outlooks on the players, uh, we'll previews as well, uh, getting to this thing, uh, some columns on what, what could be especially your Derek. I mean, Illinois is a top 10 team, number eight in the AP top 25 preseason poll and an unofficial poll of conference media, including us. So on inquire, uh, it voted Illinois. Yes. Illinois as the favorite to win the big 10 title. So Derek, let's take a second and reflect here on that. Uh, after a decade, almost decade and a half of mostly disappointment with this proud program, how did we get to this point where Illinois basketball is considered a, a potential national title contender?
1: Yeah, in an off season where uh, obviously it was with COVID and how things panned out, Illinois was one of those teams that last year were considered a contender going into the national, you know, the national tournament. Not to say that they were picked as a Final Four team, but someone that was thought of that could definitely make some noise, and um, they're one of the few that really returned a lot of big pieces from that team when you look at across the league or across the the country, a team like Dayton didn't get to run it back with an OB Toppin and Illinois using that as their their kind of statement going into this year to run it back. Um, that's the opportunity that they've been provided, and Cassius Winston's not at Michigan State anymore. Jalen Smith and Anthony Cowan are gone from Maryland, so – uh, Illinois benefited from getting out of back, who's picked his you know preseason first team All American. The Athletic has him as the top guard in the in the entire country, um, so he can be one of, if not the best player in college basketball this upcoming season. And you mix that with Kofi, so you have the nice guard big man combo. Uh, you have other, you have many guard options. Uh, the veteran and Trent Frazier can really shoot three. You want to see that again uh, this season, along with his defense. Uh, and I just think overall, the, the, the blend of experience and young talent, you throw in a couple of experienced transfers. Of course, you want to see Austin Hutchinson get healthy and, and can provide a boost at a position in need. But uh, they mix a lot of scoring potential with a team that played really good defense last year, top five in the Big Ten in defensive efficiency, uh, and, and reason to feel good that they can defend again this year. Uh, with Kofi as a rim protector, the fact that they can rebound, uh, and then guards who have who have defended in this league successfully, so uh, it's it stacked. The deck is stacked in Illinois' favor based on what they bring back, based on what we know about this team, along with some uh, encouraging newcomers. and And now it's just about living up to that potential and and being able to go through what could be a, a wild ride in the season and and obviously unpredictable unpredictable circumstances with COVID and everything. But uh, just being in a position to to compete at the end of the year uh, and, and go out there and, and show what you can do. There's, there's a lot to be excited about.
0: Yeah, when we make season predictions of record, it's it's really difficult right now because we don't know what games will be played. Um, So we have to keep that in mind. And of course, we've seen with Illinois football how you know a positive test or two can completely change a season. But um, as of right now, we got the schedule set up. Could be a lot of fun with Baylor at least tentatively on the schedule for next week. Uh, And and then of course Duke and the Big Ten ACC challenge. Uh, But it is amazing, Derek, that what Illinois was nine and six, I believe, at one point last year and. We're like, man, where's this thing going with Brad Underwood? And now it feels like, you know, he's got he's got a chance for, I don't want to say a self like run at Kansas, I'm saying, but a self like run at Illinois. I mean, it seems possible that Illinois could be set up here uh, for the biggest season in a long time, and, and potentially building upon that. It's it's amazing how much that changed as the calendar turned, it was actually the one good thing about 2020, right? As Illinois basketball, as the calendar turned to 2020, all of a sudden was great in January, February, and the little bit we get to see in March.
1: Yeah, it's a great point. And the fact that they were so successful once 2020 hit made you kind of forget a little bit of how turbulent those first two months were and the questions that were being asked after the Missouri game and go to Michigan State and get blown out and, it wasn't looking good there for a while, and obviously now you're riding a lot of momentum. Uh, the fact that your roster has been constructed over, uh, you know, consecutive recruiting classes where you've pulled in you know top 50 talent, and to be able to bring back what you bring back, and then pair it with what's been Brad Underwood's best recruiting class so far, without a Miller, Corbello, uh, Coleman, Hawkins. Uh, that really puts you in an ideal situation to obviously take that next step as a program, get back onto the national scene. And you would hope that it's sustainable. You would hope that from there you can build on it, continue to recruit. Uh, I know that's something that they need to, to answer the call in 2021, whether that be transfers, Mac ETN, but uh, it, when IO and if, if Kofi leaves after this year, you would hope that, you know, you pass the torch to a Curbelo and Miller. You feel good about that. And um, you know, really, putting Illinois back in the top tier of the Big Ten and hopefully there to stay.
0: All right, Derek Piper, let's take a quick break. When we come back, let's talk about the case for Illinois as a Big Ten title favorite and a national title contender. We'll do that next. All right, Derek, I think both of us picked Illinois to win the Big Ten. Is that correct?
1: Uh, That is correct, yeah. yeah.
0: So let's break down why we think that. Uh, I think it starts with the duo that came back and, and brought people so much joy uh, in, in late July and early August of a year that people haven't had a lot of joy. Uh, but two NBA prospects come back, and League guard, Ayo DeSumo, big man, Kofi Coburn. Uh, of course, both those guys uh, flirted with the NBA draft. Derek, how dominant can they be, and what is the next steps in their respective games?
1: They can be extremely dominant. Now, I think that some of that, comes with the supporting cast and and the surrounding pieces to to help them reach that that top level, that peak level. I think offensively, the the first thing you really think about is uh, their pick and roll game and how good that they are as an attack there. Forces, defenses, we saw late in the year to commit extra defenders to try to stop them because if you're giving Iowa a step on a drive, obviously he can get to the rim. He can hit that pull-up shot. Um, Kofi as a roller and being able to Loud that up to him for a dunk or, or just hit him anywhere close to the basket. He's just so powerful that uh, it, it's extremely hard to stop him. Of course, Kofi can catch on the block. And, and I think that he can show this year with some further development with Orlando Antigua that some post moves add to his game kind of be more of a, a sound and effective back to the basket score. I think that's kind of the next step for him. And that would obviously make him even more potent. And, and going with Io, it's – hitting the three, it's adding the three ball to his game. And uh, whether that be as a catch and shoot guy, if Kerbell if is creating or Trent Frazier is able to hit him um, or off the dribble, because he's going to have some of those opportunities where guards are going to go under the screen, knowing that, you know, he only shot 30% from three last year. They're going to take that gamble and, and try to cut him off from what he wants to do. If he's able to, to pull up and hit the three point jumper, that's obviously going to make him a major problem uh, defensively. Uh, Kofi, I thought he did pretty well last year. Obviously, made a big impact for you. Uh, can he get better at ex- extending away from the paint, guarding a guy like Luca Garza who wants to pull him out to the three-point line? Uh, that's that's another step for him. And if he's able to do that effectively, and um, you know, guard some ball screens a little bit, a little bit better, but at the same time, not do something outside of his, his comfort zone or, or something that he's not capable of. Uh, and then Io, I think that. I obviously with his body, the way he's at, he's added size and he's had that length and he, he's obviously mm-hmm. very mobile. Um, he's, he's been a guy that can defend well and stretches. I think it's just now, can he do that on a consistent basis? Can he really be an impact defender game to game to game? That's something we haven't seen from him yet. Yeah. But I think that's something that he'll have an opportunity to show here as a junior.
0: No, I think he can be an elite defender, uh, and, and I think that's going to be key for him in his success at the next level. And, and you mentioned it, Derek. I mean, uh, I, I saw was it was a Gary Parish that had, had DeSumo is a lottery pick. Uh, I think he has to be great from three to do that because you look at the last couple of drafts, I think Jerome Robinson was the last upperclassman guard to be selected in the lottery. Um, so, I mean, it just doesn't happen that often, but he's got, he's got a chance to, to really help himself. Uh, and it's going to be a deep draft next year, especially with guards, but, uh, I think he can do that and, and find his way to the NBA. I have no question. I will be on an NBA roster next year, but Kofi, I feel pretty encouraged if I'm Kofi Coburn about what I saw in the draft, right? I mean, Isaiah Stewart went 16, Udoka Azubuke from Kansas, who I think that's what Kofi. That's who Kofi needs to watch. He went 27. Uh, Vernon Carey went 32, and he wasn't that great uh, at Duke last year. He didn't live up to uh, lottery expectations, uh, and those still, guys still got drafted. So I think those guys made the right decisions in coming back, Derek, and and can really um, you know put the stamp not only on their on this program but their NBA draft prospects this year.
1: Yeah, I think that's a great point. And you look at a a guy like Emmanuel Quickly at Kentucky yeah. who same class as io it took a huge step i mean io has produced more in that freshman year or quickly kind of struggled but he showed that he was one of those examples of he improved his three point percentage by 80 percent. if io goes from 30 to 38 obviously you're you're talking probably a i mean a no doubt first round pick maybe even that lottery range uh, i mean we've seen guys even like chester Frazier. Uh, add, add that three-point game when it's been lacking in the past as a senior. Uh, and I was a more capable shooter than, than someone like that. I, I just think uh, some of it has been with his technique, his form, um, and he's improved quite a bit just overall with that stroke. It's about being consistent with it. And, yeah, I, I was with you in terms of seeing encouraging signs for Kofi. I, I just think that if he can continue to build with the you know the back to the basket and be able to do some more there, uh, but really also just continue to elevate himself uh, as a defender and show that he can defend in space and, and be a little bit more mobile. And, uh, you know, that's what they want to see at the next level. I don't know that we're going to necessarily see him shooting threes or, you know, long mid-range jumpers. That's something that maybe he can figure out at the next level. I know that uh, he's he's worked on that some this this offseason, but in terms of what he needs to show uh, as far as helping Illinois win games – Uh, I don't know that it's shooting that jump shot, but I think, yeah, he can show enough if he dominates and he's consistent. uh, and, And that's something that he's capable of.
0: Yeah, and I think his free throws show that he's got a little bit of potential as a shooter, and and NBA teams will will like to see that. Um, But he he can find a spot as an elite rebounder and elite finisher at the rim who can run up and down the court. Uh, Just defensively, I think, is where he's got to show more. All right, Derek, another reason for the case for them is not just DeSumo and Coburn and and their experience, but three other key players return, including Trent Frazier, uh, who's really got a chance here, Derek, to – uh, I think this season he'll probably put himself top ten scoring all time at Illinois. Uh, Demonte Williams, who was playing his best basketball late last season, uh, seemed to really get confidence in his shot. Uh, and then a kind of a wild card here in Georgie Bashanishvili, but we know he's got experience. Uh, we know he can he can be a low post scorer at times. Uh, but what do those guys, those three veterans, uh, add with their experience for Illinois?
1: Yeah, there's a lot of value to be had with some veteran role players, guys that have obviously, you know, played big parts and, and some wins along the way to get one way to this point, and they know what it's like to to go through the grind of a Big Ten, and uh, Trent Frazier, uh, obviously, you're not questioning his shot-making ability. It's something that he's shown at a, at a high clip before. It's just about being able to, you know, come bounce back from those, those late-season struggles last year when the ball wasn't going in, and uh, what does he need to tweak there, and uh, I, I think that he's going to have a lot of opportunities where an offensive weapon like IO or Kofi, or even throwing out Miller in the mix, a Curbelo, th- there's going to be a lot of opportunity for Trent to probably get some good looks from three and to have that defense take their attention off of him. Uh, as long as he's able to capitalize on that, of course, he's now taking a lot, he's taking a lot of pride at the defensive end. And I think he's shown that he can, you know, bother people or especially, if you have an off the ball shooter, whether it be a Stefanovic or whoever you want to you want to throw in that mix, he he can really hound you and, and fight through screens and and make sure you're not getting good looks from three. And uh, yeah, he, he really really wants that first team All Big Ten, so I know he's going to be gunning for it. Uh, and yeah, it's an opportunity for him to if this is going to be his final season in champion, he'll have an opportunity to come back if he wants to, but uh, to finish on a high note and uh, to really put the finishing touches on what's been a nice career at Illinois. Devontae Williams, it's, you know, not everybody can, can be a scorer. There's, there's only so many shots to go around. You need some guys to buy into some other roles. And and Devontae definitely does that as far as his defense. Uh, And that's where it starts. Defense, toughness, rebounding. Can he, hit the occasional three-point shot, and he uh, be less of an offensive liability as he showed down the stretch of last year? If he does that or even takes a little bit of a step forward from that, that would be a huge shot in the arm and, and would really allow you to to be a problem offensively when you can't just leave him open in a corner uh, to, to help off other guys. And Georgie, he's a wild card. He, he's, he's absolutely a wild card. I know that the staff feels good about his mental approach and, and what he's done this offseason with getting back to what he did so well as a freshman with his low post scoring and uh, being patient and using his footwork and his touch. And and they've seen some encouraging signs there. And I think we'll see less of him in that four role. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it's it's possible to give given matchups or situations or obviously if he comes out and hits a couple of threes or just shows that with his game that he could pair with Kofi, then that would happen. But I think him being more comfortable as a backup five and not asking too much of him uh, will put him in a position to obviously bring Something to table with, again, his scoring, his high energy, his experience. Uh, All those guys help to complement your stars, and and you like to see that with guys that are veterans and guys that have been there before.
0: I will say this. I know you're talking about Trent possibly as like all-Big Ten defensive team. Um, Not many guys have sacrificed as much as he has, right? I mean – he, he was kind of looking like, um, you know, one of the next great Illinois guards and the star of this team and the star of the Brad Underwood era. And then, you know, he, he changes himself from this bucket getter to this Tough nosed, bothersome defender uh, who obviously at times can still shoot well, but he, he's gone from, you know, offensive centric to defensive centric and really team winning centric. So uh, I just think he deserves a shout out for that, Derek, because uh, he has sacrificed individually some attention, um, but the way he's gone about it has helped Illinois win games.
1: Yeah, 100%. He's doing what you look back to his freshman season, there's some chemistry issues between him and Mark Smith and and, uh, in Mark's mind, who he was supposed to be as a freshman. He saw that in Trent and uh, obviously that contributed to him leaving the program and and Trent could obviously been rubbed the wrong way with Iowa coming in. And uh, after all that Trent had shown and proven, I mean, he was willing to stick with the program through a coaching change. Uh, He he was a big time bucket getter as a freshman. And, And yeah, like you said, he, he took it in stride and accepted the role to, to play the Robin alongside of Batman. And um, and then also, yeah, to complement his his scoring with committing to defense and committing to making the right play on offense, almost sometimes to a fault where he's yeah. uh, passed ups from good looks. But uh, I think that that's been really, really important to – Embrace the role that he has and really just to buy in all the way for Illinois and and to help this team win.
0: Yeah. And then when it comes to Demonte Williams, uh, if you can get four or five points a game, like I think of Chris Kramer at Purdue, uh, just get four or five points a game. And um, he's a guy that people will be talking about for all defensive team possibly. And and it just makes, it makes it so much easier to play him 30 minutes a game. If he does that. Uh, All right, I want to mention one more veteran. We just haven't seen at this level yet uh, at Illinois Jacob Grandison, um, I think of him, and it's probably a guy we've talked about, do we talk enough about, because he's coming off the bench most likely, but that could be a huge improvement off the bench of what you were getting from Kipper Nichols, right? Just Kipper Nichols always left you wanting more, and while he did some good things at times, uh, Jacob Grandison obviously looks more skilled. Uh, The the three-point shot has been more proven for him. Um, What are your expectations for Jacob Grandison? What does he mean to this team?
1: I think he's going to play a significant role. I think he's going to get quite a few minutes at the four. And then also with Hutch's injury, I wouldn't be surprised if we see him a decent amount of three, maybe him and, and DeMonte are pa- paired together a little bit more than we would have anticipated, but the staff has raved about him. And obviously Brad, you know, fell in love with his high IQ, his feel for the game has always been a really good passer. And someone that has more in that offensive toolbox than a DeMonte, or obviously even a Kipper where, you know, Kipper, played probably 15 minutes a game last year and it's a guy that shot maybe 10 to 12 percent from three I mean he was three for 13 three for 31 and on, on jump shots in the season we're not going to see that from Grandison who I think as a sophomore shot 36 percent from three at, at Holy Cross and has even worked to to better his jumper now I, I don't want to put too much on him because we got to see it we got to see it at the, at the Big Ten level and we also got to see that that was one question that He had as far as what he had put on tape, um, you know, at Holy Cross. Can he defend at an adequate level and and, and do enough there uh, to to really stay on the court for Illinois? I think that he can do a satisfactory job at the very least. And I know that he's going to elevate you offensively. But I think he's a guy that can play a lot of minutes off the bench, can play the four, can play the three. And I think he can do some nice things for you. I know the staff has been really, really excited about what he's what he's done.
0: And then we we have a whole podcast devoted to uh, Adam Miller and Andre Curbelo, so we don't need to say everything about them, Derek. But I'll add Coleman Hawkins to the mix because I I know uh, they love his skill set. Obviously, strength and defense are concerns, but uh, I'll have a big feature on Coleman in the next couple days. And um, just his IQ and talking to Coleman about how he understands that Defense and rebounding are going to get me on the court. And you and I have seen enough freshmen who don't understand that to know that that's that's pretty unique and, and special. Um, so why should expectations be higher for this group of freshmen than, than maybe previous freshman groups?
1: I think when you look at them as a whole, when you look at those three as a whole, they've all played against very, very good competition. They've, you know, Adam Miller playing at Morgan Park. Uh, or even, you know, Mac Urban Fire at UIVL has always been, you know, top 100 camps, all that. He, he's played against the best his entire, you know, come up through the high school ranks and, and has obviously produced. And we know that you can bank on his shot making. He's one of the most talented shot makers coming in as a freshman this year um, under Curbella with Lou High. And, and putting them on the national map and uh, played some very, very good teams and, and played at events where he was the MVP, multiple. He, he played against Sierra Canyon and just, you know, just odd people uh, on ESPNU and one of the best playmakers uh, in this this class and, and being able to come in with such a advanced way of seeing the floor and uh, plays a great tempo. I think he fits in with the style of play and what he can do in transition and all that. And Coleman Hawkins is, is one that some may not talk enough about. I think we've given him, uh, his fair share of, of due here recently. I know the staff has uh, played prolific prep, national schedule, knows what it's like to play with really talented shot-making guards, Jalen Green, Damari Burnett. And like you said, he knows how to play a role. We'll, we'll see if his body yeah. is ready for, you know, knowing what he needs to stay on the court for, which is defense and rebounding. Can his body handle that against the Big Ten, against a against Baylor, um, is he ready for that? I think offensively he, he really excites you because he can stretch the floor. He can put it, you know, he can put it on the floor and handle and create some things. When I saw him in AAU, the first thing that stood out was his passing. I think his passing is phenomenal. Uh, and he, he is someone that can hit that outside jump shot, which spaces the floor for Kofi. So uh, I think Coleman early on in this first week is, is one of the major storylines. What can he bring to you this year? How much does he add and uh, kind of how does he fit in that, that four, four role where uh, there's some minutes to be had there so really all all three of these guys though uh, because we've seen some freshmen as highly touted as io have some early struggles what how ready are these guys and how are they meshing and everything because uh I, I think they can give you a lot and i think that's important to to really getting to your ceiling is is these guys being ready to, con- to contribute
0: and they all fill needs right i mean adam miller uh, as a scorer, um, as somebody who can take on an Allen Griffin-type role. Uh, Andre Curbel giving you another guard. Uh, maybe won't replace, and, and we'll get into this, Andres Felice, but um, obviously is a nice complement to possibly Frazier and, and uh, Desuma. Maybe not perfect with Frazier defensively or perfect with Io because both are, are main ball handlers, but uh, you can't have enough of them. And then Coleman Hawkins at a position that Illinois just doesn't have a lot uh, of, of proven talent, so I think that's key as well. Uh Derek, just, just a few more for the case four. Um, I think we got to mention Brad Underwood and his staff, right? I, I think they they showed last year, especially with Stephen Gentry and the changes they made uh, to help that team. Uh, I, I think they've shown that unlike previous years of Illinois basketball, you feel like you might have a coaching advantage in, a, in the Big Ten more games than not, and that's saying something with all the uh, – coaching talent here uh in this league i just think it's it's by far the best in in the country so um what do you think of that like brad underwood and his staff i mean obviously it's a different team this year um but but i do think that that's a key for this group and thinking that they reach their potential
1: yeah i definitely agree with that and that was proven really in the second half of last year where i think there were Questions early on, of course, about what you're doing offensively or in years prior, year one and two, um, the defense and how much that was really benefiting you. But Brad has proven that he's willing to, to make adjustments, push the right buttons. And uh, yeah, I, I think that the, the, the drastic improvement they made the defensive end showed that obviously they, they knew what they were, they were doing and, and made great strides and putting their team in the best position to succeed. Uh, Steven Gentry has been a really nice addition. He played a a really good role in in developing that ball screen offense and and taking some pieces from Gonzaga. And uh, and then also you just have the continuity throughout the coaching staff. And we know Antigua is a great big man coach and and has proven it over the course of time. Jim Coleman's worked very, very closely with Io and has helped him develop. And I know that he's been doing the same stuff with with Adam Miller and, and, and some of those other guards. So uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I think that that's really what you were, you thought you were getting as far as your head coach and your coaching staff. When, when Brad Underwood showed up at Illinois, it was uh, talked so highly about uh, coming from Oklahoma State and, and Stephen F. Austin. And now uh, you're hearing a lot of the same things, not only just with talent, but having that known commodity as a coach and and in such a really, really good league that, yeah, you don't feel like, you're at a disadvantage or that you're you know you're not prepared versus some of these other high-level coaches i think you're hoping that brad continues to show that with a, a roster that's as good if, if not better than a lot of people in this league
0: and the last one i would say in this one derek is the schedule um thanks big 10 for the schedule they gave Illinois in the conference. Uh, They play Iowa only once, which we all hate, uh, even though Iowa's really good just because we want to see those. And that game's at home. Uh, One plays against Michigan State and Michigan, both those on the road. Uh, Purdue, one play at home. Maryland, one play at home. And Rutgers, one play on the road. That's a lot of the top teams in the league. And then Illinois plays twice the four projected worst teams in the league, Minnesota, Penn State, Nebraska, and Northwestern, um, that's that's the kind of schedule Wisconsin had last year that allowed them to get a share of the league. And, and Illinois is a more talented team than Wisconsin was last year. Um, so to get to a Big Ten title, to get to a potential number one seed, if if those are the, the goals, which they should be, um, that schedule sets up well after a, a nice couple tests in the non-conference with Baylor and, and Duke.
1: Yeah, for sure. It's a favorable stretch after – You get through the the Duke, uh, Baylor, and Missouri. You spend almost a month from around Christmas through middle of January. We leave the state one time, and that's to to go to Nebraska. You do play at Northwestern, but you have some home opportunities to really settle into that Big Ten schedule. It gets tougher there uh, in the middle where you have a really grueling stretch. But as you mentioned, it it is similar to Wisconsin. If you look back last year, I wrote about this. um, uh, Wisconsin against the top six of the Big Ten. They had six matchups where teams like Illinois, Maryland, Michigan State, those that were c- competing for a Big Ten title, had eight. And, and now that if you take a look at the athletics poll, where you you take the top six, Illinois plays six of the has six matchups against that that group, where their counterparts who are competing at the top, Iowa, Wisconsin, Michigan State, they have they have eight. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's there's. Less challenges there. At the same time, you got to take advantage of the opportunities that you do have because that's what really can can shift the standings. If you do play in Iowa and you win and they lose, that, that's a full game of, of movement. Um, but, yeah, like you said, they are in a favorable spot with that. And uh, can you take advantage of it? And can you obviously win something that Wisconsin did last year, was they won, won the games they were supposed to win. You play the bottom of the league or mid-tiers in the league. Uh, you got to take advantage of those opportunities. And uh, obviously, like you said, with the roster and the talent that they have at their disposal, they should be able to do that.
0: All right, Derek, let's play devil's advocate. Let's throw some cold water on these, uh, you know, Illini <laughs> fans who are feeling really good about this team. Let's do that when we come back. All right, Derek Piper, you and I, again, just to put this out there, both have Illinois winning the Big Ten. So we believe in this team. But. Um, there there are some cases of, hey, Illinois got some question marks, which they do. And I think uh, Jeremy Wu of Sports Illustrated just put out some this morning. And I think it's fair uh, to have some questions about this team. Uh, and the number one thing is this was the worst shooting team in the Big Ten last year from three. And they lost by far their best three-point shooter in Alan Griffin, Derek. And uh, I know Adam Miller is here. I know Jacob Grandison's here. But still, Trent Frazier wasn't good last year. I would assume he wasn't good last year from three. Uh, as a whole, this team wasn't very good at three. And there's still questions about whether they will be good at three.
1: Yeah, that's absolutely fair. When you shoot 23% from deep in Big Ten play, uh, that's <laughs> that's a liability. And like you said, Alan Griffin, who in Big Ten play was over 40%, and he's gone now. you, you got to have guys not only step up, um, who were here last year and trying to get back to his, his sharp shooting ways, I has to take a step forward and you are leaning on a guy, particularly with Austin Hutcherson being out right now. We don't know how long that's going to be, but even when he comes back uh, dealing with that back issue, you would wonder just how ready he is and shooting such a thing of rhythm. And uh, that's something that is a little bit of alarming because you were leaning on him to, to help fill that void that, with Griffin being out. But, uh, there's a lot of pressure on Adam Miller's shoulder to come in, right in and be, be, a, be a shot maker and find his way. And, and even as he's learning the competition and, and figuring out how to play in this system, you need him to be able to step up and make some big shots. So uh, that's something that this roster still has to prove that they can do. Um, you know, Demonte Williams is, is a question for mm-hmm. as encouraging as, as that nice little stretch at the end was. I mean, he's still a career what. Well, Off the top of my head, maybe 25% three-point shooter. Mm -hmm. Georgie hasn't shown it. Jacob Grandson hasn't done it at this level. Uh, So, yeah, there are are those questions. And and we know that college basketball, basketball in general, the three-pointer can be the equalizer, good and bad. And if those threes aren't going in, it it really hampers what you want to do offensively and, and just allows teams to commit more to the interior against Kofi or to try to I by those drives and, and his mid-range. Uh, so that's very, very important, obviously, to being able to to operate at a high enough level offensively and just take pressure off of your stars and what they what they want to do.
0: Yeah, this is further down my list, but it's kind of hitting on this, so I'll say it now. Relying heavily on freshmen, right? I mean, uh, Adam Miller especially, Uh, Is playing a key role. You're not relying on him as much because you have Io back, but uh, Curbelo and Adam Miller, as good as they are and as good as we think they'll eventually be and how good they can be this year too, uh, they are freshmen, so they're unproven. We don't know how they'll react here. Uh, But also that Austin Hutcherson injury, I don't know what we're going to get out of him, Derek, but um, I, I don't think we should expect anything from him quite yet. Um, he, he's a huge X factor and with barely practicing this off season uh, I, I don't think the expectation should be that one he makes an impact early in the season or two that he's going to be good once he gets back because he's going to have an acclimation process where he's trying to get back involved and it's gonna be hard to, to break a rotation there so that injury really trims their margin for error uh, and, and just you know, takes away a potential playmaker for them. And one of the best athletes on the team, one of the best shooters on the team.
1: Yeah, for sure. We talk about the guard depth, which they still do have, but he, in terms of being a shooter, was one of those main, main guys that were supposed to boost you up there at a very, you know, that's a huge need for this team. And like you said, he didn't practice all summer, barely any this fall, didn't even really, had maybe a couple of days of team practice a couple of days of individual and and was hoping to be back in september uh to full go and just hasn't been able to get there with that back that has continued to to hamper him so yeah if if he gets to a point of of being able to play this year which you would hope to see uh, it's just hard to imagine him being able to step in and and be in a groove right away that's something that he's gonna have to feel out and uh, again you you have that transition where he's coming from playing D3 to playing now in the big 10. I know he got a lot of valuable experience in practice last year, but uh, just to not have that consistency and that, that natural buildup to a season, uh, it, it does make you skeptical of what he can do this year. And, and that's, that takes away from a shot maker that you would have. And uh, back to your, your previous point about freshmen. Yeah, we saw it with IO. We saw IO struggle early on as a freshman, uh, we saw Trent Frazier it took him a while to, to figure it out and and really be ready to where Brad trusted him enough to play him, uh, you know, a, a good chunk of minutes and, and let him be in that starting lineup. So uh, if we see stretches where Andre Curbelo or Adam Miller uh, struggle a little bit, that's going to put more pressure on, on Io and Kofi. I do think that it's worth saying that these guys are in some uh, ideal situations compared to not having you know, to be the guy right away, which is going to help them. But at the same time, it's still a transition, still a step up in competition. And we're going to have to see if they're ready for that. And if they can get through some of those inconsistencies that we see traditionally out of freshmen.
0: Uh, Derek, I I know this, this, this guy, the guy I'm about to be can be really annoying. Okay. Um, But when we went to go see Andre's Felice workout, right? Like, he didn't wow with certain things, but I remember telling you after I was, I was walking back to the football, I'm like, you got to take that guy. You just, you just don't have that guy on, on your roster. Just a, a man, right, who, who's tough, who's physical, who sees the court well. And, and I saw, we saw him practice in a, you know, open gym, and I'm like, you just got to take that guy with what you have on the roster. Um, and now he's gone. And he had one heck of a year last year. He was so clutch. Like, I know Io DeSumo was the guy with all those clutch plays, but uh, it was always like Felice that that held off a run by the other team. Or it was always Felice like that kind of made plays middle of the second half that that were key in Illinois making some of these comebacks. And we know how tough he was on both ends of the court great ability to finish at the rim, get to the free throw line, and and his rebounding. Um, There are just a lot of things you miss without a a 22-year-old man like Andres Felice on the court, and he's going to be a pro, right? Um, Are we talking about that enough, about how tough it is to replace a guy like that?
1: Probably not. I think you bring up a really good point. And even if you just look beyond the stats, where I think stats say a lot there, uh, where he's top three on your team last year in points, rebounds, assists, and steals, uh, that's that's a big void where, where he's gone. And look, we love Andre and what he can be, but he's not going to have that physicality, that experience uh, that, that Felice brought last year. And like you said, he just – was able to step up and, and make big plays. He could get the ball in transition, and he was so hard to stop going to the rim because he was he was built for that level. Because he was he was able to you know initiate contact. He had that, that beautiful give a shoulder and fade back with the floater. Uh, but even you you think back to some of the big wins late in the year. Uh, the the IO shot against Penn State is, is thought about a lot, but it was a second chance opportunity where Feliz trips down a rebound and gives Iowa that chance to hit that shot or against Indiana where he dies on the floor and just out wills out muscles the, the ball away from the Hoosiers and you win that game. So he was, he was a lot for you last year and, and just his, his overall, like I said, you know, toughness, maturity, leadership that he brought. It's going to be hard to replace that. And, and you're throwing some new guys in the mix there in the backcourt and uh, you're going to have to make up for that. Not that Illinois doesn't have, Veteran presences or, or guys who are experienced, and I can do some of that in a Trent Fraser in an IO, But yeah, Felice was a was a huge part of getting the program back to that point, and, and what a lot of people liked about last year's team. And he's no longer here, so yeah. uh, we'll see what we'll see if a, a Curbella or a Miller can can help complement that and, and help to to answer that.
0: Well, I also wonder can can. He Trent doesn't have the downhill game, but can he get a runner game right that that can be mm-hmm. that weapon, or can Demonte Williams do that? I mean, we know Demonte uh, can make some big play. It was in Minnesota uh, late in the game, he made some of those Felice like defensive plays, toughness plays. Um, if you can get him to where he can make some of those downhill offensive plays, or he's the one grabbing the rebounds, like uh, maybe that that can help uh, make up for it a little bit. There,
1: yeah, I think that's a good point. That's probably where you're looking for in terms of the the physicality plays and and those kind of, those kind of extra effort plays. Demonte has has shown that and and can do more of that. I think that's what you're looking for, but you make a really good point about if Trent Frazier can be someone that, that breaks a drought or or just comes up with a big basket. And really he, for as much as we talk about his three point struggles, he really struggled inside the arc. Mm -hmm. And and that was something that uh, I know he's worked on, but, uh, he needs to be able to, whether it's going to be a stop-and-pop pull-up from, from the mid-range or it's going to be a floater, or it's going to be uh, somehow finishing better at the rim or even just getting to the free-throw line. There are going to be stretches where Io can't carry the load the entire time or maybe it's Miller and Curbella who are struggling a little bit as freshmen. Uh, there's going to be some, some key moments where you could really use that that play out of Frazier to, to get you going back the other way or, or make a big bucket that, kind of turns the tide down the stretch and Felice did that last year. And we'll see if, whether it's a Frazier or or a Williams that can, can do that this year. Uh,
0: Another one, Derek front court depth, right? Um, Kofi's awesome. uh, But Georgie just wasn't very helpful last year. At times he really hurt you. Uh, Benjamin bossmans Verdonk, we love the the idea of Benjamin bossmans Verdonk. Uh, we just haven't been able to see him on the court, and he hasn't had much of an off season. Jermaine Hamlin didn't have much of an off season. And I think we know he's he's a rim protector, rim runner, um, but how big of a step forward can he take? And, and Coleman Hawkins is is still an unknown, and and obviously that body. Um, isn't that uh, strong yet, even if he adds a lot of skill and, and, and really compliments Kofi uh, decently well. Uh, But then Grandison and Williams obviously are are undersized. So one, you got to have Kofi stay healthy, of course, but um, the front court options just aren't quite what some of these other big 10 teams have.
1: Right. And that's a good point. Uh, I think you still look on the roster. You don't see a a good matchup for an EJ Liddell. And that, I mean, not everyone's going to have that, but, uh, yeah, like you said, with with Bossman, I think physically you, you would you put picture in picture and, and say that that would be the guy, but he just can't stay on the court. And and Brad said that probably not back at least until December. And he's another one similar to a uh, Hutch. He just missed so much time, and he hasn't had the experience of, of really playing in games uh, to to be able to rely or expect a whole lot out of him. Uh, I do think even with Georgie playing a lot as the backup five, he still you still need him to be to be a lot better you really do um, because outside of him jermaine hamlin not a guy you want to rely too much on he's coming off a broken hand where he missed a ton of time this offseason uh and, and yeah i think at the four you, you do feel like you can plug in demonte grandison uh, you'd like to see that that hawkins can can handle this level of physicality and can produce but uh, there, there are some questions there if you run into a a bigger team or, or someone that presents a mismatch problem, like an EJ uh, that, that could give this team some problems, but uh, yeah, I, I do like what they bring overall because Kofi can be one of the most dominant big men in college basketball and, and continue to get better. And I do think Georgie will, will take a big step in, in the right direction. Cause obviously the way he finished last year, there, there's a lot of room to, to go up from there, but uh yeah, I think that there are some some teams out there that will feel a little bit better about their overall front court depth, but uh, I do think that they have some options that, that they can they can make it work.
0: The last one I would say, Derek, is the Big Ten's really good, even though you got you got a nice schedule. Um... Wisconsin's basically bringing everybody back from a Big Ten championship team. Uh, Michigan State loses basically everybody, but we know they are reloading. Um, and uh, I think Rocket Watts and Aaron Henry and uh, Josh Langford back, like like they're really good again, and we can never count out Tom Izzo. Then Iowa, I, I have questions about them defensively, but I have very few questions about their depth, their offense, especially with Bohannon coming back uh, to go along with all their stars. Uh, and, and then you mentioned Liddell. Dell and Ohio State. I think they can be good. Rutgers is really good. And even the bottom, um, you know, I know Penn State will probably get worse, especially with everything going around there. But uh Nebraska should be a little bit better, Northwestern should be a little bit better. It's just this is the deepest league uh in the country and, and no game is an easy one.
1: Right, it's a gauntlet, and you look at the teams in the top 10 right now in the AP, Big Ten has three, that's more than anybody, seven in the top 25, next closest is the Big 12 with five, so it's a loaded league once again. I was an absolute handful offensively, and, and they get even more so with Bohannon back, C.J. Frederick, Wieskamp, Garza, I mean, that's a team that can just shoot you out of the gym, mm-hmm. and, and that's something that you obviously worry about. Uh, Michigan State, you mentioned it there, if Langford can Hold up with his health. They add Joey Hauser, who was a transfer from Marquette, and uh, they're expecting big things from him as a former top 40 recruit. I think Rocket Watts. I I I don't know if I'd be surprised, but I'm expecting him to be like a first team caliber player. I just think that he showed that down the stretch last year. They're going to be relying on him a lot more, and he's he's a scoring machine. Illinois saw it
0: right. uh, Illinois saw that last year, and and Michigan's another team like. I don't know if people saw it because Michigan was struggling, but Franz Wagner is an NBA player. Uh, and uh, I had him in my preseason first team and I know a lot of media did because he and Kofi tied for that last spot, but um, there's a lot of talent there, especially with Isaiah livers Now, Now they have a lot of you know unknowns there, but uh, Juwan Howard obviously is, is building a, a talented program
1: yeah, I'm glad I'm glad you brought them up because like you said, Franz and livers and they had Shondi Brown. To the mix, it's a name that Illinois is familiar with, and now he's going to be immediately eligible. Mike Smith, a point guard, that's going to be an X factor for him coming over for, from Columbia, where he put up 23 a game. Can he slot in for Xavier Simpson and, and be a nice, a nice piece for them? Uh, they have Eli Brooks too, and uh, some other than that front court. Hunter Dickinson's a, a top 50 big man. They're throwing in at, at center along with Brandon Johns and some pieces. So Michigan has talent. They're they're going to be a a decent team. Indiana, Indiana is going to be in the mix. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't, they're not in that top group, obviously, but Christian Lander at point guard, Trace Jackson Davis is back. Uh, They've got some reason to feel good. Like they can be a a top 25 caliber team. So yeah, there's a lot of challenges in this league. And then also just as we've seen in football, there's so much that can be uh, unpredictable. And some weird stuff can happen and you can be shorthanded, even if it's no fault of your own. And that's something that if you get put in that situation in a Big Ten, uh, you could be in for, for a rough go for a little bit. So I do like that Illinois has a, a nice depth and a, you know, different pieces that if one were, were out or whatever it may be, I think they could, they could stay afloat. But you do worry about that just based on the weirdness that we've seen in college football and that it, it probably will happen in college basketball.
0: All right, Derek. So we, we mentioned the case for the case against. I think both were, were very thorough, and I think Illini fans will be ready for the season now. So, but both of us still have Illinois winning the Big Ten, right? <laughs> like, why? Why do you have Illinois as the Big Ten favorite? Now, I would imagine, Derek, if you are the Big Ten favorite, you are probably one of the top five, six teams in the country, and and likely in line for a number one seed in the tournament.
1: Yeah, I, I think the continuity, the fact that you bring back four of your of your five starters, you bring in a top 20 caliber class and, and some impact guards and Corbello and Miller, and, and hopefully we'll see if, if Hawkins can help you. But uh, just the overall mix, as I mentioned before, of, of experience and, and the known commodities with some really talented newcomers, the fact that Io is one of the best guards in, in college basketball, the fact that Kofi has another year to get better and and really dominate on a consistent basis. And then I like the fact that Illinois has proven they can play defense. And I know that's something that Brad has talked about here in recent weeks is he wants to see more out of that end. And it's so much chemistry-based where you take out a Felice and you take out a Kipper who didn't give you much offensively, but I thought he was serviceable defensively. Uh, Can you plug in some new pieces who haven't been with you? Can you have that same – that same uh, ability to to be solid at that end and to be able to get stops because that was a big deal last year and being able to rebound. I think this team just defends better than Iowa, and I'll put Stock in, in Illinois to, to give them the edge there. And I just think they have some more pieces and maybe a, a Michigan State or just an overall higher talent level than a Wisconsin. So it's not going to be easy by any means, but I think Illinois has, has reason, obviously, as other media have have. have voted for and have voice that they they should feel like they're a Big Ten title contender or maybe even the favorite.
0: You have one of the best guards in the country, which I I think a national title contender or Big Ten favorite needs. Um, You have a force in the middle that very few teams have. Uh, you have some, some returners, experience galore, you got talent with the freshmen coming in. Uh, but Derek, you, you mentioned, I mean Iowa, if you want to make the case for Iowa one of the Big Ten, I won't, I won't disagree with you. Uh, but they did finish below Illinois last year for a reason. And it's because they didn't play defense. And that's why Iowa, along with an easy or, uh, Wisconsin, excuse me, along with the schedule that they have, which they took advantage of, uh, but they play defense. And, and that's why they finish. Michigan State always plays really good defense. That gives you consistency. Right, and and I think that's where when you have the star power to be able to score like you do, um, when you need to, with with stars like that, and then you have consistent defense, uh, I I think that means you're going to win a lot of games, and uh, you know especially with this Big Ten schedule, I think Illinois should be in the mix. I mean, Derek, I think it, barring injuries, right, or, or huge COVID losses, I have no doubt this is a top half Big Ten team. I have no doubt it's an NCAA tournament team. But if they're consistent like they were last year defensively, I think this is a team that wins 13 to 15 Big Ten games. I mean, they did 13 last year, but I think this should be a team that gets around 15 Big Ten wins with the schedule they have.
1: Yeah, yeah, being able to be that strong defensively just keeps you in games, even when some shots don't go in. And uh, I think that with some of the things we talked about with some players bouncing back from three, if you can add that to uh, a strong defensive team you can you can really yeah reel off a lot of wins and also you have a closer you have a closer in Iowa and i think that illinois would be okay if you don't need him to hit as many game winners uh, because you you have a little bit more of a comfortable lead but yeah going back to defense i think that it's something that maybe didn't get doesn't get talked about enough because we can really fall in love with all the offensive parts uh, of this team but uh, it's something that they've they proved last year they bring back enough this year to think that they can still be really strong at that end and uh, yeah, it, it helps you as it, winning basketball, uh, being able to piece together the offensive side, but uh, being being able to get stops, being able to rebound, being able to, to get out in transition. That's something this team wants to do. And uh, I have a pretty good feeling they can be able to do that again.
0: All right, Derek, we've gone long here, but I think we covered every angle. Uh, but uh, with the MTE this week, uh, one, you hope for three wins, and you hope you win these handily because uh, a top 10 team should. Uh, but what's what, what's one thing you really are looking forward to the most? Um, is a certain players? is a certain thing about what they show, is a certain thing about the rotation? Give me one thing.
1: Yeah, I mentioned Coleman Hawkins earlier. I think that if you wanted to, to make it a little more broad just to see the freshmen, just see the freshmen. Uh, be able to make an impact and and show that they're ready. Number three, you you feel good about where he's at as you're about to get challenged a little bit more against the Baylor, against the Duke, uh, because you know you're going to need him. And Curbelo feeling comfortable. And he's one of those that we still have a question about, what's his role look like? How much is he playing with Io? uh, And does he have the ball in his hands very much? Can he be someone that helps you when he's off the ball? Uh, and then, yeah, Coleman Hawkins providing even more of a, of a depth at the floor, just a guy that can stretch the floor. And um, I, I, like I said, there's a lot to like about him offensively. But I, I'll really lock in on the, on the freshmen and, and what they can provide to some of these pieces that we already know a lot about. I think that's really important. And as you're about to get challenged, you know, when the ball gets tipped on Wednesday, you're a week away from playing the number two team in the country. So uh, having those guys ready or, or if, if they show that, I think that's really important.
0: Well, it's feast week, and, and Piper's going to be munching on a lot of basketball. He's been looking <laughs> forward to it, and so have we all. Uh, Derek Piper, enjoy the games The State Farm Center, man. Looking forward to the coverage.
1: Can't wait, man. Really built up my appetite, and now it's uh, it's time to feast. So let's get after it. Thanks, Derek. Always, man.
0: Great stuff as always from Derek Piper, Olinei Inquirer. I think we had you covered there. You know, we covered why this team should win the Big Ten, but also why they might struggle uh, to win the Big Ten. But it should be a very, very good and very, very fun year. Let's just stay out of the COVID. Let's stay uh, injury-free here. Uh, But we got basketball just around the corner. And, boy, it's going to be nice uh, to see and to see this team develop because it could be a very, very special season. As always, check out Illini inquire for the latest on Illinois basketball. Derek Piper has the season outlooks for all these players rolling out the next couple days, and we're going to have a big deal, a uh, big promo for you guys who aren't premium members yet. You're going to want to jump on board cuz the best deal we've had all year. So be on the lookout for that. Also, all the Illinois football content you could watch or want, I put up all our film reviews knocked that out the last couple days, all the PFF grades, my column from what that means of winning back-to-back games leading into a very tough part of the schedule with Ohio State, Iowa, and Northwestern. Up next, the third toughest schedule remaining uh, in the country. Very difficult for Illinois, but a little bit of more hope uh, with the last two weeks and what they've been able to do. Check out all of it at IlliniInquire.com. As always, thanks for listening to the Illini Inquire podcast. Subscribe to us, rate us, review us, wherever you get your podcasts. We really appreciate that. Everybody have a great day. Have a great week. Uh, Thanksgiving week. Stay safe. Take care of each other and enjoy some Illini basketball. We'll talk to you next time on the Illini Inquire podcast.